0: Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode two hundred and five. Wow! Well, is wow, grando. dude! How good is that? Two hundred and five. It's very strange. Mark Alexander herber from Golden Robot and uh, and Gypsy Lee, who I will get to. My my, I don't even want to call you guys um, like my interviews for today. We're just hanging out for this episode. That's kind of and we're learning about new people and obviously with our six degrees of GNR bacon you know, sprinkled on top of it, whatever. But last episode I had, I did a zoom as well with uh, Mike Squires and Jeff Rouse from Duff McKinnon's loaded. Yeah. And they've been on the show and and Mark, um, if you listen back to the episodes, you know, my intro, my theme music is what Mike Squires made for the podcast. Yeah. So we've had some sort of relationship, but I haven't had them on since like the episodes in the fifties. And it's been (laughs) now like 205. It's, uh, it's it is, working, there,
1: dude.
0: it's, it's I, I guess, you know, people are, are listening and I'm getting to meet all kinds of cool people. So, but you know, I, I can't what? complain. You know what? The, What's up?
2: The, the issue is this, you've been doing all these podcasts and yes, I've been on, on a couple, which has been great. I've been probably on 10 now, but you know what? It was my idea to take the zoom, <laughs> record the zoom tape. Gee shows my age it was my idea to record the zoom. So I'm taking credit for that.
0: I mean if people want to watch my my face or my my background I don't know if you could see uh Mark if you guys if you're listening on the podcast version uh, I encourage you to watch the zoom of course but o- over my right shoulder Gypsy I don't know if you could see it's me and Keith Sweat and I cuz I I work on Keith Sweat's radio show and that's like part of my actual radio job and that's fun oh. but you know, and that's just one of. And you know, I'm not going to bore you with my resume. I want to learn more about your resume in a second. But cool. so, so that's what I got paid for. And then just to have this GNR thing, which started out as a po- passion project, to become kind of, you know, my, my some of my interviews get literally picked up by worldwide news and translated into different mm-hmm. languages. It's just blown me. But you know, blown what?
2: me away. The Zoom's yeah. good oh. because people can see what you look like and they can see us interacting. And I promise sure. you, I've told you this before. There is someone out there
0: that finds you handsome. <laughs> My girlfriend, at least. <laughs> well, at least, My
2: at least is one. There you go. <laughs> at least, and you found her. That's the most important thing. If there was <laughs> one person out there and you found her, hey, beautiful.
0: I know. I know. Absolutely, just just bananas. Uh, so uh, today, obviously, Mark uh, Alexander Erber comes from us from Australia. So, Gypsy Lee, where are you uh, coming in today?
1: How are you? I'm doing from. This? I'm in England. In uh, Worcester, which is just outside Birmingham. The home of metal. There you go.
0: (laughs) Right on. Uh, How are you? I guess I kind of, I have to ask that nowadays because it's like the elephant in everyone's room. Like, how are you? You know, how are are Um, things uh, over there with the pandemic, the apocalypse?
1: Oh, man, they're still paranoid. We've got a shit government. And a sh- uh, well, like yours. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't have a shit government? Who, I mean, yours just, but, yours is doing all right. You, dude, know what? you and New Zealand are all right. <laughs> I
2: like I like just and I like the PM of um uh, of of New Zealand. I don't particularly like Scott Morrison of Australia, but I have to say he did, he did a disastrous job with the bushfires earlier on in the year, and he's he's done an okay job with um. Hmm. Uh, the COVID situation, although most Australians are quite, you know, are okay that they got it and they self isolated and they did. I mean, there's problems in Victoria at the moment and they're a little bit arrogant down there. So they're all going out and now there's problems Um, exactly like in Florida and California, et cetera, et cetera. But I got to say you did everything you could in the UK, but the U (coughs) S they're doing nothing like they should be
1: doing. What a disaster. I mean, it's just not a joke. It's a, yeah, I trouble is yeah. ours are spiked again though. I was a spiked in yeah. like uh, quite a few cities. So it's gonna be like a second wave, and I think it's gonna hit here really? in about October. We yeah. opened up again today. It, so New South Wales opened up. Mm-hmm.
2: Basically, restrictions gone. Um, but Victoria, they're closing the borders because it's had dramas. But it will twenty twenty be remembered for just the worst oh. year ever.
0: What a yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's an understatement uh, for for sure. And that kind of leads us to our conversation because I mean it's, it's depressing. We don't know when this is going away. I mean, it will at some point. Yeah, and we'll get back to some sort of it. It will be a new normal to use a overused phrase. Yeah, yeah. but it's like in my world, people are asking because. Uh, coming up it's going to be july in just a few days and i was looking forward to july 2020 because i had tickets to see guns and roses and the smashing pumpkins and i've never seen the smashing pumpkins and really what obviously uh well that's gonna happen july that would have happened july 14th or something yeah. at uh, metlife stadium with the jets and giants play so obviously that's been po- uh, can't, uh postponed for for a while and hmm. people talk about rescheduling dates i mean who knows so in my eyes, it's all about the music and how you interact with fans online. What, do we, what can we get now? What can we do now? And it's what I like about Golden Robot. And obviously, you know, what you're doing now with the uh, Gypsy Pistoleros. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love the name. Uh, you're putting out new stuff, stuff for us to do, stuff for us to take our mind off everything. So um, first things first, Gypsy, kind of tell us about. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know I was going to talk to somebody uh, last week uh, named Gypsy. So <laughs> tell us about your uh, pistoleros, because and I told I oh. before I, you you say I I will say this off the um what I said to you off the air I'll say it on because it's it's true it was in your bio and it came and when I listened to the music I knew I had the same feeling what I would what would read in the future was if you watched uh the the movie from dusk till dawn which is so awesome and it's right up my alley mm. you know horror movie humor and. If you're a, a band to play in that movie, that's what the Gypsy pistol Pistolero oh. sounds like, and that's what cl- cl- clicked in my mind. So I'm reading the what we call a one sheet when I learned about the interview. You. Oh, then I was le- learning that I was going to interview you. I said that in there. I was like, did they read my mind and write the bio? It's just uh, so uh, just a very cool feel to the band. So uh, that's my my, my long winded introduction to you.
1: So hello. <laughs> thank thank you. <laughs> We've been like we first came out in about 2005. And you'll hear about us. We went out with Adler's Appetite, it was our first major tour in 2006. Right. And, um, and then we went on to do Rocklahoma, five years there. And that was our introduction to the States. And then we've been out with LA Guns, um, four versions of LA Guns. Um, and all of the big bands we played with, Bang Tango, you know, like the whole of that. But the strange thing was, we were never really of that era. And when we got to Mm. Rockleheimer, people were going like, hey, man, I loved your band in the 80s. And it was like, dude, I was in like a glam punk band supporting Lords of the New Church in the 80s. We were never part of like the Motley Cruise, the LA Guns or whatever. But we fitted in with that because we sort of were lumped in with LA Guns and we supported them for quite a few years, Traces version, essentially. And Mm. um, we had, but the music is, like you say, it's, it's, there's nothing out there like it because i lived no. in spain for three years uh in Faragotha, um from 1991 to 1994 and um we went out uh supporting the ramones in 93 um okay for the european tour the mondo bizarro tour and um i just went like we used to um it's really weird if you live in spain all the all the kids have locals and they've all got bands and, and they call these locals they're little rehearsal units and they all go there get drunk spend the night there and just make music and we met um, um one of the top bands we didn't know at the time in Spain called Catama a flamenco band and they were just playing like this stuff that was off the wall and we were jamming like Anarchy in the UK with them and so mate if you, I so wish we'd have recorded those sessions because a flamenco band playing Anarchy in the UK is just off the wall but um, I, so I, I started to like say like dude Let's let's stick some, like, flamenco stuff into, like, the set. And we actually – so the first time we ever played this stuff was in Spain to the Spanish. So it's like taking Coles to Newcastle. Do you know what I mean? This is like so – we thought, like, that, people said, you're tough. just going to die. You're going to die. That You can't do this. But we did, and it went down great. And then yeah. later on, we brought it back. And I just – I don't know. I love that sort of stuff. And it's – it's worked it's it's original it's what every band wants to be but you've got to have some real balls to sort of do it you know what i mean everybody goes yeah yeah we want to be different but when you're different no one can pigeonhole you so they don't really know where to put you so uh, just thank god for golden robot that are sort of putting out loads of different stuff and actually run with this sort of stuff because we've had like some of the majors were interested in us and they're going. Well, we don't know whether to sell you to to the Latino market, the rock market, or where are you? So sometimes to be original is not good, but
0: ah, oh, that's that's got to be so frustrating, and I think it um, it, it is, and that's why you, it's hard to be to be recognized, and that's when people have to search you out because coming from radio, it is what it is. A lot of these in, in, in yeah. all genres, everyone sounds the the, the same, and that's why. There was also a hint and I, I didn't learn about them on the radio. I had to learn through friends was, uh, go, is Gogo Bordello. And I yeah, kind of got yeah. go, like that kind of feel, great but band. you're more of a punk yeah. rock harder feel. And I'm like, that's, they're awesome. I never, I wouldn't have known if it was up to the big labels. I mean, now they're, yeah. I guess cause they yeah. built up a following, but still it, it's, and and it's great. It's, um, another it also reminded me of like antonio banderas like he would play you in a movie or something like oh (laughs) long and desperado and i love those bands that music
1: yeah well the interesting thing is on the on the new album because this the the stuff being released now is the greatest hits remixed and remastered but we're doing a brand new album now and um an exclusive you don't know this mark um we do el mariachi the only the first ever english version with english lyrics and the whole thing so from the Antonio Banderas when he pretends to play guitar to, to yeah. the um, <laughs> Los Lobos. It's yeah, like, right, right. Yeah, well, we do like – and it's a real rocked-up version. So that's that's going to be – well, we hope it's going to be ready for pff, Christmas release. It's up to mark, whatever. But that's the brand-new album. But that's what we're really excited about. It could be a single, you know, but I reckon the album will come out early next year. Get up, yeah, fine. We,
2: yeah. I don't want you up against I don't want you up against Tom Jones' greatest hits. <laughs> <laughs> not we don't need that.
0: How long were, the, were you uh working on it? Like has this as the
1: I mean this is, again. Join the obvious question. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well it's like um I got in touch with what? Mark about what, six months ago? No, about f- four months ago? Yeah, four to six months I mean, ago. It's, yeah. It's happened he sent really me one quickly. of those letters,
2: you know, like you saw in the movies yeah. that were cut out, like, a, like it had the, the pieces of magazine in there. Like the Riddler or something? If you don't um, release <laughs> <laughs> my music, <laughs> yeah. you're in big trouble. And so I thought, well, I better do this because I don't know who this weirdo is. So no worries. Done. <laughs> no, that was it. He scared me. He scared me into it.
1: No, I It's it. strange because I, I sort of get, I sort of, gave up sort of on not gave up on it but I, I I've been into acting as well so I've got a few like horror films that I've been in and oh, nice and I went back I went back to university and did a degree and so I got a masters degree and Good um view. and I was playing the, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival um where I do like an autobiographical show and it's got all the music and the videos from stuff and people kept coming up and going like that band was brilliant who the f- who who were they and I'm going like oh, that's my old band and so I thought, like, yeah, we were. I didn't want it written on my on my tombstone. You know what I mean? Should have been a shit hot, like, really known band. And it was always like there was unfinished business. So, so we sort of anyway, we're back and we're making new music and we got a shit hot band together. But that's further and on. Well, I'm, you know. I'm glad uh, to. Uh, can glad I
0: tell to you something,
2: that. Brando? I've worked mm-hmm. out what's going to be on my tombstone. Okay. <laughs> What, this time? <laughs> it's going to say, I told you I wasn't feeling well.
0: He <laughs> said that. He <laughs> used that joke on its own record. Do I? Do I? <laughs>
1: That's it's, like, it's like a dad joke. That's... You just keep repeating them. Uh, no, Spike, you... Mill- Spike Milligan used it. Yeah, but he's not around <laughs> anymore, so it's mine. <laughs> it, was, it was new to oh. Gypsy.
2: I do see no Spike Milligan. Don't worry about that.
0: Okay. okay. Well, hey, I, hey, I, re, I, I know I repeat myself as well. So I'm just busting your chops. I just thought you had a new answer. I was excited. I think really? I. Just let myself I feel like I've let you down now. <laughs> I I thought this I thought this was going to be a thing of yours that you were going to have like a new motto or what was going to be in your tombstone every episode, and then I just. Right, well, you know what? Uh, yeah. you, know what?
2: Yeah. you know what? I actually, I'll think of a new one. Okay. I'll think of a new one. A new All right. So, one. Well, maybe a it silver lining. Rock yeah. leaves on, and then in brackets, <laughs> not really. Yeah. Oh, no. Take some time. Sleep on it.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll come back to you. I'll come back to you.
1: Things can only get better.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, that's good. I like that. Well, that's a good attitude, and I'm glad things have gotten better, and they're in a good place for you now. i I'm, you know, I'm sure, like for everybody, this quarantine sucks. You'd yeah. be you know, uh, I don't know if on the road or or a yeah. release process would have been sped up, but obviously, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. I want to talk to you a little bit about where, you know, where you've been, and yeah. uh, you mentioned Adler's Appetite uh, before, so I would yes. love to know how, you know, you met Stephen and how you got on that tour, and maybe any fun memories. From, yeah, uh, from yeah. Um,
1: well, I first my first ever in like with anyone from Guns and Roses was in July, late July ninety one. Um I was going out with Jane Dickinson, uh, Bruce Dickinson's ex-wife. They were just getting divorced. And um we were like hanging out in the Maybe Rainbow. You were going out with her. She was your girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of two. That that's another story, <laughs> but anyway, Jane Dickinson. Yeah, she used, she used to be like she used, she used to be a real oh, she used to be a real puppet mistress. She uh, sort of got Phil Lewis into LA Guns. Uh, she got Bruce from Samson into Iron Maiden, and she was mm. like, she she worked for Sanctuary basically, and she was big friends with uh, Sharon Osbourne. Um, okay. There's family connections in you know, there. I'm and at photos, see, I'm looking at photos. Records. <laughs> and well, you know, the Ballad of Jane's supposed to be about her. What the LA like, Guns? Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. Okay. And and she also um, shagged Nikki Six, which is possibly the reason why Bruce divorced her eventually. Nice. Anyway, oh, after all. Anyway.
2: This, after all this, and then she ended up going out with you. So
0: you
1: look like the hero <laughs> out of all that. I know.
0: I know. Anyway, so who's the real success?
1: <laughs> she, exactly. <laughs> but we're in. Anyway, we're in LA. She's going to buy a place, and we're staying with um, Chris Squire, the bass player from Yes. Uh, mm. one of her best mates and um so we go down the, the rainbow and i'm there with mario who i don't i don't know i'm new to la so we're in the rainbow and i've been drinking mudslides all night well all afternoon so i'm really fucked and and you, you know the rainbow better than us brando it's it, i've it never been be- i mean I, i've read
0: oh, about really? it i don't want yeah i don't want to you know be a poser i i've, I've never uh-huh. been so I want, it's on
1: my bucket we're- list well, yeah, in end. those, in those, in those days, um, you had, you had tables for all the big bands and whoever was like from the UK, whether it was Def Leppard, Iron Maiden, you know, whoever that was big UFO were like on that table. So we were sat on the Iron Maiden table, the English one, and uh, Guns N' Roses come in and it's just before Usual Illusion is released. Um, and Jane thinks she'll introduce me to Slash because he's from Stoke-on-Trent, which is near okay. to Birmingham. Okay. Pretty near. Anyway, he's he's pretty wrecked, and I'm really wrecked. Um, and he sort of shakes my hand, sort of. So I went, okay. it's all right, mate. If you don't want to shake my hand, don't worry. And he turned around. He went, who the fuck are you? And I went, who the fuck <laughs> are you, Cher? <laughs> so a scuffle really? starts. Really? We end up... Ro- Rolling over a table, and we're on the floor. Love it. And I did grab, I did grab his hair. I must admit. And suddenly, (laughs) we hear a voice, and it is, "Oi, behave!" So the Godfather of rock, Lemmy, has spoken. (laughs) I knew someone said it. (laughs) He made us shake hands like little kids. I love it. Uh, That's awesome. That was my so that was my introduction. And then (laughs) a couple of days later. We get invited to the Use Your Illusion um, listening party. Oh, wow. So this is not going to go well. I'm thinking, shit, Slash is going to be there, whatever. Anyway, I walk in, and um, we're there 10 minutes, and there's all paparazzi around, whatever. It's somewhere in Beverly Hills, up from Chris's place. And um, I get the security guards walk up to me, and I think, I've only been here like 10 minutes, dudes. I haven't even done anything yet. (laughs) But they say, no, can you come upstairs with us? Uh, It's just a request. And I thought, yeah, I've heard this before. Like, shit, these people have got guns. But um, anyway, we go upstairs and there's Axel in this little room. um, And he's looking at um, a monitor. And everybody that's listening to the album, he's checking out the reactions. And um, so I walk in. I'm like, all right, how you doing? And he's like, yeah, right. I'm Axel. I'm like, hello, I'm Lee. I'm from, yeah, I've come over. I was auditioning for a Led Zeppelin band, but that's another story. Um, he said, "Will you listen to the album for me? And I went, yeah, sure, we'll do that. And we listened to about 12 tracks. And I would, he said, well, whatever you want, we'll get. And he was cool. He was really nice, nice, nice guy. And um, he said, what do you think of it? When he played about 12 tracks we'd gone through. And basically I tell him that I think – They've got a one brilliant album there, which he went off on like a bit of a bit of a freak out going, fucking hell, I knew it, I knew it um, to himself. Um, and which I sort of, I can get it, but I mean, like, I don't know. I'm, you're following the classic album, aren't you, in mean, Destruction? And to me, it just sounded like two separate albums. And I wanted to hear the Appetite of Destruction, which is basically the Izzy Shraddling stuff, isn't it? on there i liked uh bad obsession i liked justin bones i like civil war um i didn't get till later i suppose like a lot of the massive orchestral pieces you know trying to be queen that's cool but i don't think a lot of people were ready for that and it was and it had been so long the wait you could have done this release it separate albums but anyway i think the reason that he got me there was because he wanted an honest opinion And you know what it's like in a bubble of like when you're a big celebrity and you've got a lot of yes people around, you just want someone to tell you the brutal truth in a way. So hey, that was my brutal truth. (laughs) (laughs) I I left abruptly after that. (laughs) That was the last time I saw him. But um, no, so yeah. You, I don't think you should bullshit people. It's too life's too short. I mean, don't tell people what they want to hear because you get found mm. out anyway. And mm. I think people respect it, even if they don't like it. At least, it's real, you know. Mm. No,
0: right on. And and just for you to say that and to feel that, of course, that's just been a yeah. a fun debate within the community for for so long. I mean, this is stuff that's oh. still we're talking about daily. I've been doing kind of like fun comparisons lately on my social media of it's it's weird how certain tracks from one and two are like parallel Mm. to each other how you know track two on both albums are both an izzy driven song like it's just a weird so it's just like it's still debate people still say you know one album and for me like i don't we don't have a lot of music the more music that's already that's out there i'm just grateful for uh so it's not that it's i'm okay with it uh, yeah, but that, but that's but that's what went down, and that's that's all the that's, both are great stories. I mean, those are, are phenomenal. So but you, um you need to but, put, but, be in these
1: positions, yeah. Go ahead. But um, but the weird thing was, we once we were like um, in 2005, the Gypsy Pistoleros formed. Once I come back from after the Ramones tour, we came back and it we were in a band called White Trash. Long story, uh, we okay. were signed to Noise Records. They had Halloween. I don't know if you heard of them. And, oh, Halloween, uh, of course. They're awesome. Yeah. Beavis and Buddy but introduced me to Halloween. <laughs> really? But, but we had a 120,000-pound deal that went down the tube um, due to the fact that Claudia, who ran the company, um, all the contracts were sent off. They were due to be sent back. And her husband decided to divorce her and took the company over and, sign- and dropped 15 bands, including us, and uh, signed Manhole from L.A., okay They did nothing oh, <laughs> in so like, my
0: face of okay
1: <laughs> and it was like okay yeah so that so that was the end of that one um but yeah 2005 we got together and we decided to do this weird shit called flamenco rumba rock and roll whatever it is and um i love it it's great and we we went out with i, I don't even know how we got on to like oh yes i do um in in spain we used to know a promoter called robert mills and while we were over there we supported ufo nazareth black sabbath dio uh motorhead um, alvin lee the cramps sepultura and a few others um on tour during 90 92 to 94? 94 we were sort of over there for and um So I knew him. So when I got this new band together, I said, like, um, anyone you got that we can support, Robert, we're back in the UK at this point. And he went, I've got Adler's Appetite, Um, Steve Adler, his new band. And um, I went, cool, we'll do it. And it was, wow. They they were big. I mean, they were were getting like 3,000 per show. And for the first couple of shows, it was brilliant. I mean, they had On Guitar, they had Michael Thomas, uh, JT, Longaria, um, from the Juju Hands, it was a lovely guy. We loved him. Um, they had it Chips Enough on bass, sure. and a guy called Sh- Sheldon Tarsha singing, who became yeah. Chris Nichols, who sang for Quiet Riot. Quiet Riot for a couple of whatever. Anyway, and and it was a really tight band. They were shit hot, and for about four shows, it was brilliant. They were going down great. Um, I mean, it was sounding amazing. And then it sort of started to fall a bit apart. Um, JP, the tour manager, was trying to look after old Stevie. And um, man, he, he said, um, in in five nights he'd lost seven hotel cards, keys, whatever. And we just we just find him wandering about in his pajamas, running out into the night. And we found him in a bar down the road the one night. And he just had a massive wad of dollar bills. I mean, you're talking freaking thousands of dollars. And we went like, and he's like, oh, yeah. I, I, and we went, dude, 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 don't. Put that away. And it he became a bit uncontrollable during that time. It was, and after about, I think, six gigs in, uh, we, were, we were due in Belgium and Germany, and it just fell apart. Uh, the rest of the band walked out. I think he ended up playing with um, an Italian Guns N' Roses um, a tribute band. Yeah. And it was just awful. They asked us, oh, do you want to support Adler? Do you want to, like, play? Do you want to be, like... And we're like, no, <laughs> what the fuck? So yeah. it all fell apart. But it was a shame. He was a lovely guy, Stevie. Mm. It was just like... Cause you, you, well, you know better than I do. What was he, 17 when Guns N' Roses... Became massive. I think he was older than
0: that, but uh, it's—I mean, like
1: when they first began, when you know. Oh,
0: sure, sure, because he and uh, Slash went to high school together.
1: So when you think about when you've lived in a bubble that that long of being looked after, and once that's gone and you're out on the road on your own, as it were, it it must have been a real culture shock, and. But he needed looking after, big time. And there was no one really to look after him. It was – but but it was cool. It it was like – he had this kit set up, and I, and I remember him walking into the sound jacket, he went like, no, 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 because do this – the audience want to see me. So he just parted the toms so he could see through and played beautifully. It didn't matter where his toms were. He just played fantastically anyway. And it was like, wow. Yeah, he was lovely a good player. There was no doubt he was a good player. Oh, he was. No, but but even like completely, when we saw him in, in like some states, he was still spot on drumming wise, mm. which surprised us. Do you know what I mean? From the stories. Mm. But no, he was great. I mean, I think the last time we saw him was in 2008 when we played Rocklahoma and uh, yeah. he was playing drums for the Bullet Boys or right. something, doing like a, a little spot. And um, he had two – Two minders with him, and we, and we walked in. We we're like, "Yo, Stevie, how you doing?" And it was like he, he was just out of rehab, and so we were not allowed within ten yards of him. <laughs> oh, geez. And it was, it was. That's a shame. I, he he's a lovely guy. Um, well, and I mean, I, flash I forward. I mean,
0: I, I, that's what I was about to say. I mean, uh, we tell these stories, and it's hard to believe. And thankfully, we can believe. In twenty twenty, the guy's doing well. Uh, the yeah, his yeah, band yeah. was doing his band was doing really well and uh, well received. Um, so, you know, uh, he's posted during quarantine. You know, checking in on on uh, on everybody. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. he seems to be in a really good place now. And I know he's had some spots. Uh, you know, in front of the the, the Guns N' Roses, not in his lifetime crowd, which is yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a thrill for for him and fans alike. So it's um,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. We, we hear these stories, and hopefully now uh, I'm sure. It, I don't know the guy, but he. Um, as an, like an, addict myself. I mean, five years. Uh, December will be five years without a, a drink. It's like. Uh, well done, dude. Well done. You want well done, man. You want thanks. Uh, you, 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 kind of, yeah. These these things are a part of your history, and at least yeah. like you can kind of show people who may be struggling. You know, I think mm. it, those stories are an example of like how bad it, it was, and we can come out of it. Yeah. You know, we unfortunately have. You know, plenty of examples where it doesn't happen. Doesn't yeah, have a yeah, yeah. happy ending. Uh, yeah. So, um, all, more power to Stephen Nadler. I mean, now no, hopefully totally. they're just silly rock stories. You know, about just silliness. Yeah. And that's um, yeah. we can oh. look at it just like that if it has a if it has a happy oh, ending. Just, I guess. And, and importantly, yeah. who won
2: the fight between you and Slash?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh mate, I had it by his hair. <laughs> that's a, Are you a, that's a dirty fighter? You're a dirty fighter. you bite? I him? fight dirty. <laughs> <laughs> but but after afterwards the strange thing was like because because they're a big band at this point i mean like it's just before Use you before usually illusion comes out and um and afterwards uh let me let me said let me said um he said you do realize like the security guards man, they've all got guns dude we're in america <laughs> now they've got guns lead <laughs> and then it's because because um, when we were in la we were we also um a mate of mine uh, was Jimmy Bain. who was the bass player in um, Rainbow, and um, he was a fucking alcoholic and a nutter. And even even he was going like, "Dude, dude, there's guns here, guns!" <laughs> and we don't we don't get it. We don't get it in the UK. It's like you know, I mean, someone picks it- up a bottle and it's a shock. Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously you told about uh,
0: seeing Axel at that record release, but did you see Slash there? Was there another? No, I
1: didn't. Seen? I didn't. That would have been fun. <laughs> but... So I'm assuming you, you've just never seen – you haven't seen him since. Who knows if you remember that? I've never seen him since, that. no. Yeah. No, I haven't seen him since, no. no. But, let me, but let me tell me because afterwards um, I was going like, wanker, what a wanker he was. And let me go. oh, he's a really good kid. He's a really nice kid. You should meet him properly when you're both not drunken arseholes. Nice. Wow. That's <laughs> is, awesome. Yeah. Which is fair enough. Thank you. Uncle Lems. I shall, I say.
0: Totally. totally. <laughs> you,
1: you, do you have anything to do with him
2: later on? Or that was the only time? Um, Lemmy or no, the guns and roses.
1: Um, no, after, after Adler's appetite, um, I still keep in touch with JT. Um, Steve, we saw Rocklehome was the last time when we were kept uh, 10 yards away from him with this by security because he was just out of rehab and yeah. we were just waving. <laughs> Going, All right, Steve. <laughs> but the, he was he was clever, though. He kept calling fans over. And when they were coming over, he was taking their pints from behind the back <laughs> for the security. Oh, and it was like, oh, but it's, hold on, I've lost you. Hey, no, we got, you. Um, we got you. but
0: I, I, I've snuck yeah, that, that was know, the last time. drinks but, and stuff. Yeah, no judgments. <laughs> I've yeah. done the same shit. But um,
1: but I, but we toured with we toured with Mike Mike Thomas. Um, he was playing with like I think it was like uh Bang Tango. He's playing guitar for. It was like a uh, Chuck Burnell Productions. So everybody's it's like a Motown tour. Everybody plays with everybody else, sort of thing. We went out on tour with um Faster Pussycat. Um, she's Bang Tango. Uh, Enough's enough. And it was basically one band with with the vocalist. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> bless. For that. that was funny and different. But um, so no, got, that, was the, that was the last time. We've got new music coming up this year,
2: which um, in the next couple of months, which um, well, I know no, hopefully by the end of the year and then new new album from you next yeah. year. Is it going to be pretty the same as always?
0: Well, you, you still you have stuff on Spotify too now. It's yeah. not fully Yeah, released. yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. It's just, it's just the new, the new, the singles out, the remix, remastered uh, version of um On Para Todo Es Bandido is out now. Um, the Crazy Loco Lequito is out next month, uh, 26th, I think, of July. And then the, the greatest hits, he says, um, <laughs> album 18 tracks is out um, August. August, I think it's available to pre-order August the, the 8th. And it's got Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves are on it. It's a classic. <laughs> and Living oh, yeah. the Vida Loca. Living nice. the Vida Loca. That's the best. Cher and Ricky
0: Martin covers. I mean, it's... it's, uh, yeah. it's oh, yes. oh I, I, yes. I should do a podcast about that alone.
1: That's... That's great. Any
0: plans to like do like kind of what we're doing except performance-wise? I know. Any to- plans
1: oh we're supposed to, well i mean there's been festival sort of invites but the trouble is over here they've got no idea when the festivals are going to be able to even go ahead so even like the october november festivals they're saying yeah they are on but a lot of bands aren't sure and they're not sure how they're gonna separate people or whatever so i've got no idea but next year we'll talk next year we'll tour it all right because i'm looking it was today i don't
0: I forget it's it's happening next month, but uh, Ringo stars to having an 80th birthday bash with everyone's They're taping their own performances from their home, including Paul McCartney. So it's like that's it's so cool because you have all your eyes. Even yes, everyone's be watching Ringo anyway. But when oh, you're you're huh. performing live, no one's going out. Everyone's home, so that's why it's you know uh, we, we at least have music to listen to. Everyone's you know yeah.
1: running out. Well, we're running out of Netflix queue, you know. Yeah, well, it's, it's great for us because it's because of lockdown. Um, Mark, the guitarist, has got his own studio. So I've just been shooting over there, and we've just been like, we've got the album sorted. The drummer has been sending back his stuff because he's got a little studio in London. Um, oh, oh, funny thing, a drummer like um, Vinny, Jan Vincent Velasco, um I put out on all the on all the press releases that he was the drummer in Ghost, and 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 no one should ever know who the drummer in Ghost is. (laughs) My bad. I like it. Sorry, Ghost fans.
0: (laughs) That's smart. That's smart. I like the cut of your jib. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I'll ask guests, uh, you know, especially with you, when you have such a a long resume, such a just an impressive resume. Twisting as well but just like just ha, on, on yeah. paper just on paper like oh the back yeah. of your baseball card I'm a, I'm a sports guy so like the back of yeah, yeah. the back of your trading card so is there <laughs> yeah. one particular highlight or, or something that you no know, i don't want to be as morbid as mark and say put it on your tombstone but is there one thing that you know if you were elected to you know the the gypsy lee hall of fame what would you want your the jersey you go in well what would you what's the most proud thing you feel like you've done so far
1: um, no, it's, it's, it's a
0: lot it's, other than joining Golden Robot Records uh,
1: yes yes well that, that was, was the highlight but um, <laughs> I think it was when I mean I, gee I started when I was like 14 uh, when we were like 16 years of age we supported the Damned in a punk band um, wow but but the one thing that, that was a highlight was supporting the Ramones that was freaking unreal I'd I mean I'd never seen about like 4 or 5000 people actually make a place move from jumping up and down it was and and, and there there were different things at Rocklahoma when you've got when you look to the side of you and you've got like I love Vane Vane I love yeah. Davey Vane and you've got Davey Vane watching you and there's Zizi Top next to him and then there's Tracy Guns over the other side and you know what I mean um oh steve i Adam do was but well. i don't. <laughs> you know what wow. i mean but but those, those sort of things it's like when you're you know you're trying to make it in a band and you're thinking like shit how are we gonna do this and it's really it's a hard slog it's a long way to the top if you're on a rock and roll as somebody once said sure australian um yep but when that was like a moment when you go oh frick we we did something
0: you know what i mean you felt like vindicated like you know the yeah. people you admire the people that you yeah. admire admire yeah. you, yeah
1: yeah and and you even think, well, just for this show they're watching us, and that's yeah. that was a weird a weird 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 feeling, you know
0: and and I will say whenever when anyone uh you know, like those typical fun questions when people ask like what what artist would you see alive or dead that you never did, the Ramones is always the top of my list i i, I you know, being a, a Jew from New York, now living in Queens. Oh, it's, I mean, I grew up on yeah. the music. I listen, I, they, exactly. I, I listened to them daily. Um, yeah. Also, oh, they uh, were. Amazing. Uh, well, amazing. When,
1: when we played with them in, um, in 93, uh, Joey was in a really bad way. Um, but it was so weird. I mean, he had sort of minders that made sure he got up the ramp to get onto the stage. But as soon as you heard that one two three four he was bang on Mm. and it was boom and as soon as the soon as the lights went down he deactivated wow it was it was weird but it was for that for the time when they were playing he was joey ramone yeah even though you know and he had he was ill i mean he was like polio didn't he had like loads of other ailments towards the end but he was still doing it even then and it was like wow it was so cool. Parkour so hero to watch. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. It's been that interesting because
2: we we just signed through Die Laughing Records. Yes. Um, an EP, a lost EP, so to speak, um, of Johnny Thunders, and um, it's been you know New York Dolls, and it's been incredible to see the reaction when we announced we're going to be putting something oh. out Johnny Thunders. Yeah. And how many people say, wow, without Johnny Thunders, there wouldn't have been a Guns N' Roses and there wouldn't have been an Aerosmith. No. And how it, it, it's really, really, um, he and the Ramones, etc., New York Dolls, yeah. really shaped things to come. It was yeah. amazing.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, it, well, how much like, a
2: part they've got to play in it all.
1: Well, you look at it, it's like all the bands in London that came out that were sort of the glam punky bands, Hano Rocks, you yeah. know, like all bands, Lords of New Church, all of that. They're all basically Thunders-inspired. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they yeah. – and, and Malcolm McLaren went over, didn't he, and, like, sort of sort of stole the New York Dolls' idea yeah. and brought it back to London and formed the Pistols. Have you seen so, that, um,
2: that punk that – I know it's here in Australia and it must be out somewhere, else, obviously, in the world, but um, uh, it's a um, – Iggy Pop did a four-episode um, um, uh, series called Punk – and it really—we uh-huh. were talking about it a couple of episodes ago because I interviewed Duff on it from the Farts, and Dave Dalton was talking about it from Die Laughing Records, and we did something with Brando a few weeks back. I think that was our two hundredth episode. But that really shows how—and you know, just going back to everything you've been saying and everyone you've played—I—I I knew you had quite a rich history and who you've played with, but I didn't realise it was. It was that flawed, And the good thing about you is you could be completely bullshitting and there's just no way we could check any of these. anyway.
1: <laughs> oh, <or> no. Well, <laughs> I mean, no, you can. You too, Mark. There's this thing called the internet.
0: <laughs> it's always the true, always true. Uh,
1: well, no, it's awesome. You get found out. I've, I'm not, that's what I've learned over the years. Totally.
0: No, totally. no you're – no, you're, you're you're real. You're now, we, know real real we know you're the real deal. We know you're the.
1: real
0: You're the most honest gypsy I've ever met. So,
1: like <laughs> thank you, Brenda. You got it. <laughs> you're the oh, most honest Jew I've ever met.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you have my permission. <laughs> oh, that's great, uh, gypsy. This was awesome. This is um just a delight to speak with you. You're you're thank a funny you. guy, I, and obviously your history. And I'm, I'm I can't wait to hear what's. Uh, to come. You're, you're obviously very still. You're still active, still putting out new music. So, you know, when this pandemic does end, like, do how much do you plan to tour? Do you plan on, uh,
1: you know,
0: will, will I see you live ever? You know, if you will you cross the
1: line? Oh, I hope so. I mean, already like since we've announced that we're we're back, uh, Rocklahoma, AG have been in touch, but it's whether. I don't even know what's the money going to be for bands anymore because Live Nation have already said that the bands are going to have to take the hit.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's hard to say.
1: Uh, it, you you know I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean we'll be out, yeah, we will. But I, I mean like, I think we'll do festivals obviously um, but I'd love to go back to the states. I'd love to play Australia because that's one massive rock country that we've never got to. It's actually just going to be rock <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what
0: we are one big well <laughs> I have listeners every i have listeners everywhere, and uh, you know we're all connecting via the internet so uh, regardless I'm, I'm excited to see what's to come from you and the uh, the gypsy G- pistoleros so just thanks for your time gypsy and and mark hey, any working. uh any any parting words any updated slogans for your, your no updated
2: slogans, but I look forward to being on the next couple with you and um. <laughs> okay. yes yeah, you got of course. Uh, as your as your sidekick, your Jerry, would you call me Jerry Stiller last time? Um, yeah, you're, you're the Jerry
0: Stiller of uh, of appetite for the story. I'd
2: rather you pick someone that's alive, but that's cool. I'll I'll deal with. I'll deal with that. <laughs> but uh, you know, as we always say in the business, um, Brando and Gypsy Lee, rock and roll is always the winner. I like that.
0: Like how about How about, the, how about this? Um, oh, you probably know the the UK version of the Office. Do you
1: know the American yeah. Office? Um, oh, okay. You're, no, you're, that, 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 water, that watered down weird thing. Yeah, the UK oh, version. Oh, I got to know my audience. I got to know my audience. Uh, uh, the, friend, the friend's version of The Office. Exactly. 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 <laughs>
0: well, you're Todd Packer. You, <laughs> but that, <or> not. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Absolutely. This was a great episode of Appetite for Distortion. Uh, it's you, just you and I, by the way, now. Um, Brando and you on this extra portion uh, of uh, the episode, number 205. But that's a perfect example of what we do here, this episode. And that's connect different parts of the world through Guns N' Roses. But Gypsy Lee, did you know who he was before episode 205? And that's no knock on Gypsy at all. It's just he never came, I don't know, he never came across my desk, as they say, just growing up. I, I, I didn't know about him. And just think of the particular stories he has. Even though he never really worked with Guns N' Roses, you know, he he's, was never on an album, he's not an ex member, you know, and we can follow those stories. He's just uh, he's a rock and roll guy, lived his life. And, and look at the examples that he has. You know, opening for Adler's appetite when Steven was still struggling, you know, that, that's an experience right there. To get into a fight with Slash. <laughs> they both obviously were out of their gourds. And, and then to have Lemmy break it up, oh, it's like you can't even make something like that up, you know? And then the interaction with Axel, very interesting. Do you believe? I mean, why would you be making that up that Axel really wanted it to be at one point, at least at that point, one record? I, I, we talk about that a lot. You and I, the fans and uh, critics, and, you know, many articles have written been written over the years uh, about should it have been one album. But we always thought that Axel wanted it and wanted to have two, right? Interesting. I come from the mindset that I'm glad it's two records because we don't have a lot of music (laughs) as Guns N' Roses fans. So the more that's already out there, good. And, And speaking of new music, we haven't done this since we've been doing... Uh, the episodes from home or we even listening from home or however you've been, that's something else I want to know now that I think about it. Let me know how you listen to the podcast. Not necessarily through whether it's iHeart or SoundCloud, but what are you doing? A lot of people would listen to the podcast when they were at work. Are you still at work? Are you listening at home? Uh, people would listen on their commute. Are you commuting? It's, it's very interesting. So as I continue to do these episodes in quarantine, I'm just amazed that you're following along this journey. So we haven't done this in a while. News. Yeah, Shotgun News. And speaking of uh, news and and new music, we should talk about some former guests of of the show and and things that they've done since being a guest. Uh, Gilby Clark, The Gospel Truth. uh, The single is out now via Golden Robot Records. So it's great. While the world is on hold, Golden Robot, just cranking out new music. So uh, we have two new Gilby tracks uh, thus far. Um, we obviously know the whole album is done. He said so on the show, but it's just a matter of, you know, how to release it. I think it's it's nice giving us a taste here and there. Oh, and also uh, Frank Ferrer's uh, uh, new band. I shouldn't say, ne- not new necessarily, but Pisser. They've also, they have two singles out there, PSSR, so new music from, uh, from Hisser and, and Frank. So we're getting new music kind of from g and members. So Gilby, we have Frank. Uh, Bumblefoot's always putting out new music. I believe Buckethead is also working with Bootsy Collins on new music as well. I'm trying to get Bootsy on the show. Wouldn't that be an amazing interview? A great time, Bootsy Collins. Um, oh, I haven't watched it yet. Speaking of new and former guests, uh, Blind Melon. So we've had Christopher Thorne, a uh, guitarist. We've had uh, Nico Hoon, of course, the daughter of Shannon. And Danny Clinch, the, uh, their, the photographer of Blind Melon and the director, one of the, the directors of All I Can Say, the documentary that has made the rounds on, on certain um, film circuits. Like they played the big tri- uh, Tribeca Film Festival here in New York but it never had a an official release. But now it is online. So go to Blind Melon's website, and it will direct you to another link. I haven't watched it yet. I haven't really sat down. It's it's twelve bucks, which is you know what? It, it's going towards a band that's uh, you know fighting. They they are making new music. Blind Melon as well. Uh, they were actively touring. You know they're obviously not a huge headline stage act anymore. But just think about. You know, all the blood, sweat, and tears that went into the documentary. I'd rather give that 12 bucks than some, like another Will Ferrell movie. They all go straight to Netflix. That new one is weird about the European singing contest. I I sat through it. Very weird. Very weird. Um, So, oh, and so I am going to see all I can say. It's been getting great reviews. And the last thing I will mention, because it was kind of a disappointment, but. I'm not going to lie, it was expected. So, uh, G. Hall, the director of the Izzy documentary, "Dust and Bones, the story so far, the emphasis right now is the story so far. So, it did premiere, as promised, if you listen to the show, it premiered, um, I guess, here in New York that Saturday night, I believe, and I I watched it. I really didn't think, like, I knew I was going to watch the whole thing, but... I thought it was going to be an in increments cuz it's like almost 2 hours. I watched the whole thing and it was awesome. It was really really good. I said on that episode that I kind of went into it, you know, not really knowing who this guy was. I I'm not going to do a background check on every single one of my interviews. I mean, this is a rock podcast, a talk podcast, not, you know, I'm not hiring for the military. I don't need to, <laughs> You know what I mean? Uh, but he seemed legit and Judging just from the, the feedback from that episode, you were all as excited as I was and, and loved the, uh, the information and just hearing the story behind the documentary even, even before watching it. And for those of us who did get to watch the documentary when it premiered live on YouTube, it's unanimous. Just amazing. Huge success. I sound like Borat. Great success. I actually sent it, uh, the documentary, to Alan Niven. And Alan Niven was blown away. He's like, uh, this is pretty darn good for, uh, for scavenging. I'm, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but that's pretty much what he said. I wanted him to, to see it. And I did not know my interviews were in there, by the way. I think I had uh, at least one of my Alan interviews. And <laughs> this is funny. Um, I guess I, I don't know. I even know I interviewed him. It was so long ago. Uh, Jimmy, A- Jimmy Ashurst from the Juju Hounds. Because the one thing really missing from the documentary, uh, I felt it was just the lower thirds. Since there are no narrators, you just want to know who's speaking. You know, the interview, you can kind of tell who's Izzy. Uh, Alan has an, um, you, know, you know his voice. You know his 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 New Zealand accent. I didn't recognize this. I didn't recognize Jimmy's. And the only reason I, I knew after the fact, actually, is because I sent, I don't talk to him too often, but I just sent him a message on Facebook because... I would like, I would think he would want to know that, you know, he's featured in this really well done documentary. And he kind of joked about, he's like, oh, is it, it's, it's all your interviews. He said it was like all my interviews, uh, as a voiceover. I'm like, I, what do you mean? Like I had one. He's like, well, we had, it was our interview. I mean, I did that like two years ago. I'm sorry. I guess if it's, if it's like from his perspective, if he doesn't do a lot, he'll remember it. But I, I had no idea. So. Uh, so meaning like, you know, me, you speaking in past tense. So, uh, I, I obviously this guy has my permission, even though he didn't ask, I'm happy to have all my interviews or whatever he uses from, uh, appetite for distortion in his documentary. But I guess that wasn't the case universally. So I don't know all the details or really much of it, but it was taken down due to copyright because he is using other people's material. Uh, he's not making money off it. You know, it's, it's credited where uh, as much as you can credit something appropriately. Uh, there are plenty of things on the internet that exist like that. Even silly things is just like those viral videos that play songs in the background, you know, that go viral. Uh, it's you know, Facebook's maybe making money off it. but uh, And a lot of those now get muted. But there are things that still, you know, it's, it's just like a certain, I, I forget the terminology, but you're kind of like allowed to use it if you're not monetizing it, making money. And he even said it, it. was a passion project and a jumping-off point, you know. Hopefully, the story so far to maybe get funding in the future to make a real one. Not it is a real one, but a um, you know a, one that's allowed, a permitted one. I guess that's probably the better way to better way to put it. So uh, currently, it is not online. Uh, the story is not over because if you follow uh, iOS uh, Life on, on Twitter. They're in contact with uh, who they need to be in contact with. And you can just follow them along, uh, follow along with them for all the details. But if you are curious, um, if it's, if you were looking forward to watching it and you missed it inbox me, you know, maybe I can point you in the right direction. We'll, we'll see. Uh, But cause it's great. It, It really is great. And, you know, I, I, I kind of I feel uh, I was uh, I was life and G from uh, from Scotland feels the same way I feel, which is good because I'm just the viewer. I'm not the director. He just wants people to watch it and enjoy it. Like there's no al- ulterior motive to it. It's just, hey, you know, here's a is pr- a fun project I did. Want to see it? (laughs) It's just, uh, it's internet show and tell. (laughs) Isn't that what a podcast is? (laughs) Anyway, that does it for Shotgun News and does it for this edition of Appetite for Distortion. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, In the meantime, of course, uh, hang out with me in between episodes on social media, facebook.com slash the AFD show, Twitter at the AFD show, Instagram Appetite for Distortion. You can email me uh, at the AFD show at gmail.com. That's how, uh, you know, not just interaction uh, with, with posts and, and, and uh, polls that I make and, and thought-provoking questions, but that's how you can submit what guest do you want to have on the air. Uh, do you have an idea for a topic? Do you want to co-host? You know, or, or just talk GNR privately, <laughs> whatever. Um, just, that's just That's the best place to hang out. And, of course, if you listen via iHeartRadio or SoundCloud, whoever you – Listen, just uh, thanks, and if you can leave a review on there, if the platform like Apple Podcasts uh, lets you leave a review, please leave one, or nice little comments. It'll make me feel good. So until next time, when will you see the next episode of the AFD show? In the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, you'll see it, I don't know if soon is the word.